This is 251 Now with Kelly Finley, the go-to place for what's happening in our local community. Presented by AIDS Alabama South and the Mobile County Health Department. The businesses you need to know about, local artists to support, restaurants to visit, community leaders making a difference, local topics you and your friends are talking about now. Good Sunday morning and welcome to 251 Now with Kelly Finley. I'm Kelly Finley. As always, very excited to not only say good morning, but also to connect you to some great resources and leaders in our community. As I do each Sunday, I have my guests introduce themselves and then they tell you which organization they're with. And then we get right to the conversation at hand. Good morning. Good morning. Good to, ha- good to have you here. Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you? Hey, you were into it. I'm sorry I interrupted. I'm excited. <laughs> That's okay. My name is Daryl Pendleton, and I'm here with Ararat Business Services and the Mobile Area Black Chamber of Commerce. Good to have you on both fronts, and even more uh, so that the community gets to hear what you do and who you are and how they can become maybe better entrepreneurs thanks to your conversation. So you, you, I mean, you listed two businesses. Let's begin first and foremost, as I always do. I ask my guests, where are you from? I am from Pritchard, Alabama, right here in Mobile. I uh, went to Blunt High School and University of Mobile uh, for college. Good stuff. What did you major in? My major was sociology. I actually started out in business, but I said, oh, I don't like this business stuff. And I started in sociology and started, <clears throat> you know, uh, I don't know. I just like connecting with people better. But then when I got out, I was in business mostly. Look so. at you. <laughs> and, and so for our young people listening, understand that, you know, I, I, like I say, plans are meant to be written down with a pencil because then you can erase and kind of, you know, reassess where you want to go. Maybe you want to make changes, but don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. So I'm pretty flexible, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about your business. Okay. Well, uh, my business I was in the financial services business anyway, and I started doing some uh, other different things. And I was looking at uh, actually doing web design and uh, that type of thing. And I had a venture where I could uh, actually uh, help small businesses. And I was thinking small businesses and small churches because I'm a pastor too. Oh, so you didn't even put that in. Uh, well, I thought we were sticking with business. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. <laughs> if I'm pastor at uh, West the Chapel United Methodist Church here in Mobile. Been there, starting my fourth year. Really? Yes. And when did you find time to, um, because you, there are many roads to becoming a pastor, mm-hmm. when did you find time to be able to say you're now a pastor? Well, uh, actually in college, that was part of the reason I went with sociology. Uh, oh. I didn't know exactly. Back then, uh, the group of people that I hung out with were kind of anti-super religious stuff. For, for lack of a better term. So I didn't want to go to seminary, but all my friends at Mobile College, mm-hmm. University of Mobile, were going to seminary. And a friend of mine uh, actually w- went to seminary at Oral Roberts University. Mm-hmm. So he introduced me to that school. And so I said, well, I may handle that, but I really didn't want to go. So the more I talked about it, the more I talked to other pastors, the more I talked to friends, they said, man, I really think you need to go to seminary. I said, okay, so... So I, that, I said, I'll fix this. I know they won't accept me, so. Because <laughs> I didn't have the best GPA. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, it's Sunday. You got to keep it yeah. really, really real. <laughs> I didn't have the best GPA, so uh-huh. I said, they'll never accept me. So I said, I'll apply. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I didn't have the money to go either, so I said, I'll apply and see what happens. So sure enough, I applied, and they accepted me. I said, okay, God, maybe you are in this. And so it just kind of, things just worked out one after another, and uh 
when I got there, I met this young lady who is now my wife. And I said, oh, well, that's why I came. So I didn't finish. I just, oh, this is why I came and I left. <laughs> <laughs> you got your queen and took off. I yeah. love it. And when you say they, which which university was that? That was it. At Oral, Oral Roberts University okay. Uh, okay. in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. So you were there for a little bit. You got your you uh, you just met the love of your life. You're married. How many years? Be thirty six in December. Wow. Yeah, we got I married in nineteen eighty five. Love that. Yeah. So you brought all that knowledge back to Mobile. Yes, uh, several times. Oh, <laughs> so you moved back and forth a little bit. Yeah. After okay. I finished, after I decided not to go to finish seminary, my mm-hmm. wife was still in undergrad, so I stayed in Tulsa another year. And had an opportunity to actually come back to Mobile right after that. And I didn't want to leave because we had just kind of met and we were still getting to know each other. But So I came back to Mobile mm-hmm. for a while. And then uh, we got married after she finished school. Uh, she didn't really like Mobile that much either. So yeah, I said either. All right. <laughs> I mean, right. I, lo- I love it now, but back then well, <laughs> I and had I, issues. <laughs> and, and I want to talk about that because that's, that's, that's really on the topic at hand right about now because we've got great talent here. But many people say... I'm leaving the city because there's nothing for me to do or there's no jobs for me. At that point, why didn't you care for your hometown? Basically, that reason, it seems like if you didn't know the right people, you didn't, you know, get any type of jobs. I was in a lot of sales jobs because most of the jobs I would take, I didn't want to interfere with my church where I was trying to be active in church because that's the avenue I was going through. And the churches that I was attending then were independent. They didn't really have a structure for moving ministers up or placing them in churches like the United Methodist Church does or the Baptist or whoever. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty much, if they didn't hear from God, you know, you didn't get on staff. <laughs> so gotcha. I mean, I volunteered a lot, which I didn't mind at the time because, you know, I was young and just excited. So uh, after being here about a year, when she finished, she couldn't get a job. You know, she had just finished got a teaching degree, which was music, music education, which is kind of hard to get here because most of the music teachers in Mobile had been there forever and they weren't going anywhere. So we decided to go back to Tulsa. So we went up there and we had our first daughter there uh, at the City of Faith Hospital, which is not there anymore. But So she has the uh, honor of being one of the few people born in the City of Faith Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so we were there about a year and uh, for different reasons, things still didn't work out in Tulsa. And one of the pastors that I had worked with in the past was in a town called Fuquave Arena, North Carolina. And if you haven't heard of it, it's not very, well, it wasn't very big then. Right. It's just south of Raleigh. Say, the, say the name again. Fuquave Arena. Okay, yeah, I've, <laughs> I have never heard of that town. But uh, we moved there to work with that church, and we stayed there about five years. And then, you know, because of things happening, we felt like God was telling us to come back to Mobile. So we came back to Mobile. And we lasted this time about three years. The first time we lasted about two years, and I said, no, this this, this can't be. So we left again. <laughs> and her parents, now her parents, uh, they, they're from Trinidad. Uh, so her dad worked with the airline, so he was in Miami. So we moved to Miami, mm-hmm. you know, just tried to be close to them for, that lasted about a year. And then we, believe it or not, we went back. To Mobile? No. Oh. To Fuqua Verena. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if, we're, if we're looking at you on the map. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know. People say, were well, you in the military? Why right. are you moving around so much? Right. I that say, or are uh, you running from somebody? Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> People used to say that to me all the yeah. time with my career. Okay. So now you're back there. So we went back there. Okay. And actually, things did pick up a little bit. I uh, People might not know this, but I... 
when I went back to that church, the, the pastor asked me to lead the music, the worship. And so I was the worship leader there for about five years. And So pe- people wouldn't know that? Probably not. They must know mostly that I pastor. But So as the worship leader, so what's your go-to song? Well, we did a lot of choruses back then, uh-huh. and what they went weren't full songs. But uh-huh. so, they were they're my. I don't know. I don't have a like, a, it, like it, a go-to if, song. if someone let's say it's the first Sunday, mm-hmm. someone's coming in church. What's your welcome song? The song that makes them say, "This is my new church home." Oh gosh, that's what I need to find out because I can't get them to stay. These these days. Uh, oh gosh, you know, you know the songs that I really like. What they don't. We don't sing them in my church because it just kind of. Uh, what are they? Uh, I, I, I really like this guy named John Gibson. He's uh, mm-hmm. they call him the White Stevie Wonder. Huh. <laughs> if you close your eyes, you would. Think. You think you're listening to Stevie Wonder? Matter of fact, when they introduced him to the recording people, they had him singing behind a curtain. Oh, like uh, Tina Marie. And he was just singing, and they said, <laughs> they said, "Who is that? Oh, that's Stevie Wonder." So while he's still singing, they open a the curtain and just kind of shout. Oh, wow! But anyway, I got all his music. So but, that means you sing his songs? Well, and in my car. Matter of oh, fact, so on the way up, I was listening to one because I, I because I know this before we started. <laughs> you you pointed out, you know, that you thought I kind of had a nice voice, and I did not agree with you. But if you say that, that means you must have a nice voice. Are you going to drop a few notes for us? I'm going to pass. Okay. <laughs> M- maybe after the maybe because I don't break. have a go-to song. <laughs> Now you're going to have me go out. I got to have a go-to song. You do. Kelly what, said I need to go-to You do. Song. You do. I mean, it, it might get more um, behinds in those seats, and yeah. they stay, right? I let my wife do this. She sings because she was actually a music major, and she plays piano. She plays the piano for our church. So. so you like to lead them and let them handle the tunes? Yeah. Okay. I see where you're that's going right. with this. Okay, so that. now you're back. So so that's then, and then you come back to Mobile? Yeah. What, what year are we on now? Well, this is the interesting story. This third time. My wife is praying. She says, I think the Lord wants us to go back to Mobile. And I say, well, you let me know how it is. <laughs> you did not. Yes, I did. I literally said, you let me know how it is. I'm not going. And so she kept praying. And, and for, you know, it, it should have dawned on me if she wanted to come back. You were going back. This must have been something because she, you know, didn't like it either. And I, I can tell you, I can speak as a formerly pregnant woman. Um, when you make up your mind, it's a done deal. Yeah. So <laughs> so things kind of started falling apart a little bit, and God got my attention. I said, what's going on? I told you to go back to Mobile. So this time we came back to Mobile in 2003. And uh, when I got here this time, I said, okay, we're not moving anymore. Apparently God wants us here for something. So from that time until now, we've been trying to exactly see what that is. And I think part of it is the businesses that I've uh, gotten into and my new adventure. Mm-hmm. Well, the first time in 2017, I ran for the council, and then now I'm running again. So I think that's part of it, uh, and the church that we're here now. So, uh, so it's it's been interesting. Uh, uh, when I did my Lanyap interview, am I saying that right? Lanyap. Lanyap. Lanyap mm-hmm. interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy put the title "Jack of All Trades" because I told him I had done a lot of different things. But all those things I did, like I told him, was to keep me from not letting my work interfere with church activities. That's your that's your uh, compass. Yes. So. Uh, so I've had some interesting adventures. I was actually a corrections officer for about 14 week, weeks, weeks. I wish it was weeks. 14 months. <laughs> 14 here? Mm-hmm, in Mobile. Okay. Right before that, I worked at, uh, it was Mobile Mental Health, then it's Alta Point now. I worked there for about four years as a caseworker. You think it's safe to say that some people see the glamorous side of being a pastor or reverend 
a, a father, but they don't know all that goes into not just for that person, but their family and from a financial standpoint and from a time standpoint. Right. It's, it's uh, matter of fact, even when I uh, started with the United Methodist Church, I said, well, this is part time, but, you know, that's just the pay is just part time. It's always full time when you're doing pastor. I said, yeah, I know, because I've done it for free for years. So I know <laughs> that it's not you don't do it for the money so much. I mean, at some point, I guess people do get to that point where mm-hmm. they do well with it. But Well, um, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And okay. when we come back, we're going to talk about the financial side of this conversation as to our business owners who are listening and who want to know how they can you know, uh, move forward with the progress of their business and how they can set themselves out apart from the rest. You have some, I know, fantastic information for them. The pasta will be back with you in a few short minutes. We're back with more on 251 Now with Kelly Finley. Welcome back to 251 Now with Kelly Finley. If you're just tuning in, welcome to a great conversation. My guest has been on the move for all good reasons, and he's here to stay. And he's telling us more for this uh, segment as to um, how to be better at business when it comes to what you're trying to do, especially, I'm not going to even say post-pandemic, Daryl, but we're still in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. That's uh, Pastor Daryl Pendleton. He has many titles, and also entrepreneur, and also the founder of the Mobile Area Black Chamber of Commerce. So your business that you, let's start with your particular business. What's it called? It's called Ararat Business Services. And Ararat is from the Old Testament when the, after the flood, the ark landed on Mount Ararat. And Ararat means the curse is reversed. So I like that title because I really want my finances to increase because they had not got to where I wanted them in the past. So I said, let's go forward from here. So I actually started doing some things that I'm recommended to a lot of, uh, especially during uh, with the effort of the Black Chamber. A lot of uh, African American people will have businesses, but they won't have legitimate uh, credentials to qualify for them. For some of the things that they could get if they had, you know, business license, mm-hmm. you know, those type of things. Before we go chamber, what does Ararat do? Uh, mostly financial services. Okay. Uh, in the insurance industry. Uh, Legal services through a company called Legal Shield that I work with, and uh, I'm a notary. Uh, you know, notarize things if I need to do that. Uh, working on bringing that up. And uh, initially, when I went and got my business license, I was doing that for the idea of web design building and uh, sales and that. So I was kind of moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. But at that point, this opportunity emerged. I say it emerged, but it kind of I had looked at starting Black Chamber back in 2011, and I never could get it to go. And and it's like, it's like these three things happened in, in one time period. I had just become a part of the United Methodist Church. I was at a different church, and I became part of a United Methodist Church. And <clears throat> I was starting to put the things together, put Ararat in place. So then the United Methodist people offered me a church and I had only been there a couple of months. I thought, well, that was fast, but they knew I had some experience. So I said, okay. So I have this church that I was getting ready to start in June mm-hmm. and I was working on starting the IRAT business services. And then this, let me just say, that's a pastor. God said, okay, it's time to start the black chamber. I said, the black chamber, <laughs> you just gave me a church. I'm trying to start this business. <laughs> so, uh, my emphasis kind of shifted, and the era kind of got put on hold, and uh, I kind of moved toward doing the Black Chamber. But so Ararat was 
it's still a legitimate business. I was still doing the financial services part, but I never got the web design part going, which is will be an interesting story in a few minutes, I guess. Uh, <laughs> or we can go there now. <laughs> yes, we can. Do tell. Well, uh, as you know, with the financial services business, I actually got connected with uh, a company called uh, Precoa. I was working uh, for ADT uh, because most of my insurance jobs were commission only, so I thought uh, if I could get something with salary plus commission, that would be nice. So I got with ADT, and uh, in working with them, they had salary plus commission and benefits. But then after I'd been with them a while, they had this announcement that, oh, the salary only lasts one year, and then you'll be straight commission. I thought, I could have stayed in the insurance business if that's the case. Mm -hmm. But... I got a call somehow from this company, Precoa, that works with funeral homes. So I was connected with Precoa that was connected with an insurance company called National Guardian Life Insurance. And we represented a local funeral home here in Mobile. Am I allowed to say who? Or should I, say? No. I would not. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Glad I asked. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for asking because the focus is you. Right. And the fact that you're listing all these connectors and for those who are tuning in, they may be wondering, why is he listing so many businesses? It, there's a point to this as yeah. to you understanding the needs of small businesses. Mm-hmm. And really, I think the big question is, is why did you feel the need to start the Mobile Area Black Chamber of Commerce? I felt the need because... As we know, here in Mobile, uh, the African-American population is 51% of the city. And when you go to the other chamber, I, don't, I hate to refer to them that way because we have a relationship with them now, but mm-hmm. whenever I would go there, there would be times I'd be the only African-American in the room, which never bothered me before because I've been in all-white churches and I've been in all-black churches. So I, it wasn't a race thing. It was just uh, that it didn't, I couldn't connect. So I never ever joined it. And I didn't see from the friends that I had that had businesses, you know, they're getting paid cash and not no business license. And then, it was like, and then I heard things like when industries came to the city, you know, the city used to refer them to whatever companies are available. And I said, well, we're missing out on a lot of business because we're not legitimate. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then learning how the chamber worked, uh, People say, how did you start the chamber? And I say, well, I follow instructions really well. See, the thing is, I didn't really start it. I connected with the state black chamber in Birmingham. Do people know that there's a state black chamber? They're learning. And even some of the people that are in our chamber don't realize we mention it all the time. But uh, I was connected with a guy named Jerry Mitchell, who's the president of the state black chamber. And so... You pretty much had the system in place, and he set us up as a nonprofit. So we're a five hundred one three C nonprofit organization. Which I tell people, you know, if it don't work out, hey, you can write it off your taxes. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Join. <laughs> Let me ask you this because I know many friends listening. Um, they are very familiar with Mardi Gras, mm-hmm. and you look at um, the ball, the ball, Mamga ball, right? And everybody's invited. While it may be a black organization. You see white people, you see Asian people, you see our Hispanic brothers and sisters. Everyone's welcome. Mm-hmm. So my question for you is, when people hear Mobile Area Black Chamber of Commerce, are you saying that people who are not black cannot be a part of this commerce, part of this chamber? You know, that's what 
the thought was originally. But the reason we put black instead of African-American mm-hmm. is because a person can be African-American and not be black. So we want to make sure that we were emphasizing that it is for the black community, not to exclude anyone. As a matter of fact, one of our first members, when we when they found out that we were going to have you know, that other racists join, they said, oh, I thought this was just for black. I said, we can't do that. That's discrimination. We're doing the same thing, you know, that's been done to us if we do that. So she left. And... Uh, <laughs> Things got better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but so out of that is you're emphasizing that all are welcome to join your chamber. Exactly. Okay. So, um, what's the board selection process? Well, when I started the chamber, it was pretty much who I decided, and I, you know, it was it was a number of divine appointments. You know, I know. I guess as a pastor, I keep saying this, but that, that's just the way it worked. I met, I had some people that I knew that I knew would work well with me. I had other people that, as I talked to them, I felt like, hey, they might work out. Mm-hmm. Some of them did, some of them didn't. So, how many board members do you have? Right now, we have eight. Okay, and we're supposed to have nine. It's supposed to be an odd number, but mm-hmm. we have eight. Yes, yes, for voting so, purposes. Like the first five fell off, so there's only two: me and another friend of mine that started. Are the only originals left. From uh, three years ago in 2018 is when we started it. But those are growing pains. I mean, yeah. that's anyone who knows any an, an ounce of something about business knows that changes happen. It's no reflection of you. Right. You're, you're figuring out who you are and what you're doing and what your mission is. It's part of it. Yeah. And actually, that was just the first year because the last two years we've had the same people except for just – I think back in December we had one person come off and we added two more. So, so what are the what are the dues for those who want to join your chamber? Well, it varies. Uh, it can be anywhere from two hundred a year to thirty five hundred a okay. year. Okay, yeah, depending on the size of the company, number of employees, and that's all on our website. So, good. Give me that website. Uh, it's M-A-B-C-C dot O-R-G. And I know you also have a Facebook page because many times people just hop on Facebook and they want to see more about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And there they can find um, previous events and may- maybe some familiar faces yeah. that can really um, provide a testimony as to how the chamber works. Yeah, and that's pretty simple, too. It's Facebook.com slash M-A-B-C-C. So Very easy. You can find that one, yeah. You're happy that your uh, many travels brought you to this point? I am. Uh, I can see that. Uh, as unmotivated as I was growing up, uh, I remember from, and I tell this story all the time in church, when I graduated from high school, you know, my whole senior year, I'm going to college, I'm going to college, but I never talked to a counselor, I never applied at a college, so I just kept working at the job I was at for two years after that, and then eventually I did go back to college because the church I was at, somebody came by and said, hey, you want to go to college? We're opening, you know, people want to come to Mobile College. I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to college. So <laughs> that's kind of how I got back in college. But I always remember at my graduation, everybody was getting these awards for well, most of the athletics. They go into this school and they're going to get reward, mm-hmm. you know. And I thought, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm graduating, but I'm not getting anything. I said, that's never happening again. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you, and I love that because you know it's like the evolution of you. Yeah. Um, what would be your message to young entrepreneurs, no matter what color, hue, race, um, whatever their sexuality? What would be your message to them as they right now decide I want to be a business owner? Well, I guess the first thing is finding something you love to do. If you do what you uh, do, what you love, the money will follow. So uh, if you find out what you love and go for it. Some people think, well, I want to make this much money, so I'm going to be a doctor or a lawyer, but they don't love it. And then later on, they'll retire and, and then try to do what they love when they're older. And some people go to military and retire. Then they come out and do what they love. 
But uh, I even looked and going to the military, but that just didn't work out. I say it didn't work out because of the advice I was given. But I've always done what I wanted to do, even though I might not have made a lot of money yet. I've always done what I love to do. And then now, you know, here in the last few years, that's starting, the, the money part is actually starting to come in more. So it's been worth it to go through that. I love that. And I love your sage advice and you keeping it very real because rarely do we get to talk to a pastor and understand all that goes into all the moves, all the changes. Yeah. But look, you have all these blessings and that's something that's good for our city. So yes. thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Anytime. If you'd like more information on the Mobile Area Black Chamber of Commerce, as Daryl mentioned, you can go to their Facebook page or their website, mabcc.org, or give them a call, 855-962-2262. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of 251 Now with Kelly Finley. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you back here same time, same place next week. Tune in every Sunday for 251 Now with Kelly Finley, presented by AIDS Alabama South and the Mobile County Health Department, 730 to 8 a.m., right here on The Sound of Mobile.